Hi there everybody, welcome back to The Drop by Amen Breaks, the only spoken word drum and bass podcast online. This week I'm speaking with the team from In The Lab Events, a local promoter and events company that put on drum and bass nights up and down the country. So, let's get into it. The Drop. Now it's recording. Excellent. Thanks very much, guys, for joining me today. For those of you that don't know, I have the team from In The Lab Events, um, a promoter uh, in the UK who do loads of local nights based in... um, Not Nottingham. Sunny Sunny, sunny Northamptonshire. Northamptonshire, that's it. Sorry, I was a little bit confused. I thought it was... uh, uh, Nottingham, but it's not. It's Northamptonshire. <laughs> Good. So, um, let, um, like I say, today is all about you guys. Um, I want to learn a little bit more about uh, what it is that you're doing, um, the kind of events that you're putting on, the sort of bits and pieces that's that's happening in in your world, and um, you know how people can get to learn more about you and how they can you know even come to some of your events if and when we're allowed to do so in the. Uh, in the near future. Um, so, like I say, thanks very much for joining me today. And uh, yeah, no, no problem, guys. I'm, I'm really glad to, to have you on on board. Um, so, tell us about in the lab events. Yeah. So, um, as as you mentioned before, we're a small uh, sort of events team and promotion brands, I guess you'd call it. Um, we sort of stay away from the word label because we haven't released any music. We're not opposed to releasing music. It's just not not piqued our interest at the yeah, moment. Yeah, it's just not. Time's not quite right. Yeah, exactly. You know, even when something comes along that's really fitting for what we'd like in the lab to sound like as a release, then yeah. maybe that'll happen. But at the moment, we like to stick to running events. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, we don't. We're not opposed to doing other nights other than drum and bass as well. Yeah, multi-genre is definitely yeah. something um, we're interested. We had talks a while ago about doing. A garage night sort of like a future garage almost like an ambient breaksy future yeah. garage sort of mesh if you will um chill almost. But it never really materialized too well and then COVID happened so you know yeah. we um, we did actually have um a garage and base a house garage and baseline night uh that was all planned out promoted uh, yeah i had a full line of everything and then uh the venue actually closed rest in peace red light yeah which was our local um, venue it was yeah it was our it was pretty much the number one place in the area to play and since that's gone we've been having a having a hard time trying to find somewhere to call home as that was like our local it's in our town we live in quite a small place um so in a way it pushed us to branching out to our local city um i guess if you call northampton the city yeah. a bit of a push calling it a city but <laughs> you know big old northampton town. <laughs> but yeah we moved to a place called um club 43 and did some events there i think we did three there yeah, I believe three, yeah. Yeah, we did three nights there, and I played at a house New Year's event there as well, actually. You did, yeah. <laughs> quite, that was quite weird, actually. Um, but yeah, no, it is good, um, but we're looking for other spots. We're always on the hunt for new venues. Where we live... We've got some good areas around, mm. but uh, even even the areas around us, so we're sort of... Around us, we've got, like, Northampton, we've got Milton Keynes, we've got Oxford... Um, but even in those places, the, the we seem to be struggling to find sort of like the smaller venues, like the mm. more intimate venues. Like a uh, lot of them are put off when you say, "Hello, we'd like to run an event," and they're like, "Oh, hey, in the lab, you know, that's really cool. Would you like to tell us a bit more?" And we say, "Right, so we run drum and bass nights," and they're like, "Ugh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah," because it really does have a bad name with people. If you don't know what drum and bass as a whole is about then you get drum and bass and it's so easy to just think of you know teenagers taking drugs and sort of not violence that's not what i'm looking for it's not the word well, i'm looking for rowdy i think a lot of it is that if if some of those uh, venues or or even that people have just seen one drum and bass night and there's been bad behavior at that particular mm. night or some, something's ruined the night then uh, that that sort of it puts them off, doesn't it? You know, it? I mean, if, if that is what they know of drum and bass, mm. then it could be... But then we, we sort of proved, when we first approached Club 43, it's a it's a house music club, through and through. The guy who runs it is a French guy 
a, a, an old school vinyl French DJ. Um, and when we first approached him, he was like, no, 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 no. Um, we've had drum and bass nights here before and it was rowdy and his speakers got damaged and stuff. And we said, well, I don't know what sort of people you had in before, but that's not what we're about. We're trying to be professional here. Um, and in the end, he ended up getting us back for a couple more events. Yeah, he it went he so was well. really keen. After he was it, really yeah. keen, actually. Um, and then, you know, we had another one booked and lockdown happened, so we couldn't do it. Actually, we cancelled it before lockdown. I, I think I think we cancelled it just before, but that was like when, when st stuff was cancel. starting to be cancelled. Yeah. It wasn't like a mandatory, but it was like we probably should. Yeah, so, and it's, yeah. it was at the time when no one really knew what was going to happen, and nobody sort of expected the lockdown that did occur, but we sort of thought we shouldn't be running an event. It's quite a tight club. It's like a small print works. Yeah, it's, it's it? like it's a like, alley. Yeah, it's like, it's actually, it is literally an alleyway. He, um, he bought he bought the room above a hairdresser's and you got two floors above it and to the side of the building there's this alleyway wide enough to get a car down wide enough to get a van yeah. down and um being eccentric i guess he thought let's <laughs> stick a roof on it call it a club and that is exactly what he did and it is awesome. sick yeah awesome. I, I, personally i love it like there's speakers everywhere like it's really cool i damaged my ears really badly in that place you you walk you walk forwards you're at the smoking area you walk backwards you're at the exit uh, yeah. at one point you can go right to the bar and toilets and that's it yeah, yeah. otherwise you're just in the club it's like, like a really small print works yeah. <laughs> awesome that sounds pretty awesome and uh yeah i mean like um it's always good to speak with people you know from different perspectives i was speaking to um uh um uh, well i can't call her a lady because she's um uh she is non-gender or non-binary oh. now um but they um is called alina and um she is otherwise known as um as tiger base previously bulletproof tiger and she basically is pushing the scenes forward in in new york um and to learn about the uh the nyc scene and what's happening over there in terms of drum and bass is really really interesting as well and she was saying that, um, you know, all the venues in, you know, in New York and a lot of them in, in the US are really, really struggling. But she works for or worked for um, a venue called Elsewhere, I think it is. Again, I, yeah, she'll probably kill me for, for getting it wrong. I don't even know if that's, a, if that's the right one. But um, I need to go back and, and double check on that. But yeah, all of these venues are just like really badly struggling so it's always really yeah. interesting to see you know from different perspectives how these things are are happening and it's mm. good to see that um there are people like yourself who are really taking this seriously because you will yeah. have seen on the news the big illegal raves in in manchester that happened a few weeks ago the big one that happened down in somerset a few weeks ago uh, or last week, and you know, you just think that there's there's a lot of irresponsible behaviour going, and it, and and you know, you feel the after effects of that, right? Because you go to venues yeah. and they're like, oh no, we don't want drum and bass because you know, you yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Turn it's, uh, it's that. Of you know? yeah. and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that like the illegal rave scene back in the day the was a movement, you know. Mm. Whereas today, I feel like. There are a lot of ones. There are a lot of ones that sort of really support the rave scene and culture and what it's all about, and you know, make getting a sound system, taking it out into the middle of nowhere. But what you often end up seeing these days is the, uh, the whole squat party. Yeah, thing. and it's not like breaking it's, an entry exactly. And yeah, and it's not done out of respect for the scene or the love of the music. It's done just to throw a party. Yeah, like personally, personally I, I think free parties are an important part of the scene. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like if, if if free parties is what you do if that's what you enjoy more power to you big crews but, doing it as well but now is not the time yeah right? yeah 100 exactly. agree um it's so difficult to and you know i said this loads of times but everyone wants to go out for a rave everyone wants to go out and have mm -hmm. a good time and socialize and, and what have you but Definitely. you know us more than most, right? yeah 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 yeah, you, you know, and like, you, you know, uh, it, if this is part of your of your livelihood as well, you know, like you've yeah. taken a big hit on this as it started to, um, you know, to, to progress for you. And now you've got to find yourself in a position. 
And again, you know, a lot of these venues, um, was it the, the Red Lion that shut down? Yeah, the Red Lion, yeah. So that, so that one's that one's shut down. Um, and, you know, so are there, are you struggling to find, to find new venues? And all of these venues are struggling to, to stay open anyway, right? Even before, even before there was hardship with the virus and that yeah. venues were shut down at a horrendous rate. I can't remember the figure, but it was like 10 pubs a day or something like that, was really? it? Really? Yeah, the, the rate of pubs closing in the UK was unbelievable, even before the hardship that has happened recently. And now the government had said that they're going to pledge, you know, so much money to the arts. And as I, you know, cynically ex expected... Um, not much of that filtered down to the people that actually need it. Um, you know, a lot of these venues, grassroots venues, that rely on these small bands coming over and playing, they needed that money to book the book the acts that brought people through the door. You know, yeah. if I have the option to go to a pub that charges £3 a pint or one that charges £4.50 a pint, I'm going to go for the one that's cheaper. Mm. But more often than not, the more expensive pubs are the ones that bring in really nice vibes, nice bands. Yeah. And what have you, you know? Whereas big chains that do quite cheap, quite cheap drinks, as I suppose we're using drinks as the <laughs> as the metric here, but yeah. you know, it, the big chains don't often bring in underground music because that's not what they're really about. It's often the self self run family owned businesses. I mean, the the Lion was owned by a brewery, wasn't it? But the it actual manager was a local in Brackley where we live. Yeah, dog stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what you but, see a lot of in uh, in in Bristol, right? I mean, um, yeah. I don't know if you know much about that, but Lakota has been shut down. I signed. I I, <laughs> yeah. I signed a petition. You know. Yeah. I mean, there was a few going about. I think, but if I foresaw anything that I thought would help, then I signed it. It's difficult to do much from where we are, so far away. Well, There's I mean, signing. I think the, yeah. the Lakota shutdown was on the cards for a while, right? I mean. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, and, and this was just an excuse to sort of like push it through without any resistance and that. But, you know, it's an important part of culture. And if you look at places like Lakota that genuinely weren't struggling, then, yeah. you know, how is everybody else going to do it? And, and I recently saw actually yeah, yeah. just how much. It's, so it's a 1.5 billion package that they're, that they're giving out to these things. So look, don't get me wrong. The venues that that, are, that do need it, you know, stuff like the, the, the concert halls and the theatres yeah. and things like that, they do generate a lot of money for the, for the local economies, right? They, they, you know, people go out all the time to the Albert Hall, people go, and that's just the Albert Hall, you know, never mind all of these other yeah, yeah. local theatres and things like that. There's a lot of people that work in that industry who need that to be able to survive. You know, if they don't yeah. have it, then, you know, they're out of a job and, you know, it goes even worse. Yeah, exactly. But out of that 1.25 billion package, I think something like 2.25 million is going to nightlife venues across the country. Wow. Uh, you know, and you just think, <laughs> yeah. you know, is that is that enough? Like, how are they going to yeah. do that? You know, how is that going to go around? Yeah, how, how is that going to go around to enough people? And, you know, it's, it's a bit of a vicious cycle. I can't see much of that money hitting our streets, to be honest. No, so, I mean, with the Tory government, it's not going to go um, much further than, than London, is it? Let's face exactly. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, so it's, um, it, it, it is really disheartening to see People like yourself who are genuinely putting this on for the love of the music, for the love of the scene, yeah. who want to develop, um, you know, a brand out of doing all of these things, um, you know, facing challenges like this. But what I always think is um, remarkable about the drum and bass scene particularly is the fact that it has been going for about 30 years now. And mm -hmm. it it does sort of get by on hardship and yeah well you know, good, to be honest yeah, we, well we live in the golden era of, of drum and bass right look at all the festivals and things like that that are there yeah. and just like you said right I, look, I go to I, I don't know if you guys have heard of let it roll or you've even been to let it roll out in yeah, the yeah. Public. yeah 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 that's on my bucket list. Mate, you've got, <laughs> yeah. you've got to go. You have to go. It's like, <laughs> it's unreal. Absolutely unreal. 
about a pound every time someone told me I should go to let it roll. I'll probably have enough money to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not actually that expensive. Um, you know, oh, I love the country it's in as well. Oh. The thing is, I'm I'm actually uh, on the promotion team for Rampage, ah. so that that's one that I I, I I sort of is 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 in my plans to go to. <laughs> And I'm also a big fan of the Quiddity Festival. So then by the time I've gone to those two in other countries, Let It Roll is like, how can I scrape together the money to go to that? <laughs> I'd love to be part of the promo team for the Quiddity as well. Yeah. But I, th- I think I think it's just going to be like switching up each year, juggling yeah. them about. But Let It Roll is definitely one that I need to go to. It's one of the big ones, isn't it? You can't Yeah, miss. I mean, it, yeah, it is like... the biggest one. It's the biggest one by far, drum and bass festival-wise anyway. I do wonder when, because obviously, like you mentioned about the scene in America, and like there's always been drum bass in America. Just yeah, we, we've got so like the, deep the Fox Stevensons. We yeah. got uh, well, we've English, isn't he? Is he English? He's English. He's English. We've met Fox, haven't we? I don't know. Ignore we me. We were quite drunk. At this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in American yeah, uh, that, Canada, we've got loads of people. There's so there. many artists over there, but not uh, not underrated, I guess. I mean, yeah, they're underrated, but they're not completely unheard of but the scene itself like the actual punters yeah it's so difficult to get people through the door like i'm sure if you were to put a poll out worldwide and say how many drum and bass fans have we got in america i'm sure you'd have millions but the amount of people that actually can go out yeah. to events especially because there's so few and far so between yeah. yeah i do wonder when the first american drum and bass festival happens. it sort of just needs to snowball in a certain yeah. area because exactly. like, as soon as you've got like one one particular state, like club, uh, like Bristol, yeah, like because yeah. I mean that that's the thing. A lot of American music it's sort of uh, stemmed out from one yeah. one state, like house music in Chicago, like yeah. way yeah. back in eighties so or nineties. I think if if one state it particularly snowballs and becomes really popular, mm. and they're doing a big event there, then like that's snowball. sort of how it can yeah just yeah. keep getting bigger and bigger. And I'm sure that's exactly what happened here way back when as oh, well. You know, that's how music spreads. That's how it works. You know, one person sees what somebody's doing, takes it, changes it a little bit to make it their own. One person might like that, share, their, share it to their th- friends. There's, I've noticed that uh, people have very mixed opinions on uh, America having a drummer bass scene. Mm. Uh, yeah. Some, some people seem to be really, like, anti about it's it. So like, good. like, oh, because they ruined dubstep. You know, what I was talking about. Uh, honestly, <laughs> like... Oh, it, it, it would be so important for the scene. It'd be huge for the scene. Yeah. Because that, that's the whole... A whole new fan base, like that, a whole new audience of like four hundred million people. You know what I mean? That would be absolutely huge for the scene. That that could yeah. give it like a whole second life. Like, could you, you think how mean? many more artists you have? Like, because we've got like what the ones that come straight to mind, like Flight, Box Plot, mm. Winslow. Is that his name? Yeah. And then, then we've got like the up and comers. We've got like Neversoft and mm-hmm. and people like that. Like, there, there is definitely a buzzing scene, but. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like this is what um, what I found when I was speaking to uh, to Tiger Base. Like, people are really accepting of it. And what's really interesting is is that it, um, is that it's much more cultural than it is for us in the in the UK over there, right? Because actually, yeah. drum and bass has kind of now become like this umbrella for the disenfranchised. Um, you know, a lot of black people, people of color, transgender, um, you know, gay, um, LGBTQ, these people really are being drawn towards the drum and bass scene because of its accepting nature of all of these sorts of things. So what you're actually starting to see is this huge community of, you know, like I say, and, you know, don't take this the wrong way, the disenfranchised in, in America, you know, people who often, yeah. you know, get a, get a raw deal. Um, yeah. It's, it's yeah. drawing a lot of people into it, and it's kind of becoming like a bit of a, you know, uh, a status symbol, like a flag for people to sort of stand behind uh, with all of yeah. these things. Yeah, like, if you look at other genres of music, you'd be hard-pressed to find one that encompasses such a wide variety of music as drum and bass mm. i mean you've got like one end of the spectrum where like let's just throw out you know let's just say jump up belgian jump up really um in your face in your face quite uh strange music i guess is the way to put it it's mm. quite strange to call something like that music but the, the appeal is how filthy it's, yeah and- yeah exactly 
you want it to be as crooked as possible. That's what yeah. you want out of that music. But then you got the complete opposite end of like the deep, the, the liquid. liquid and commercial dance floor. Yeah, stuff that's really it's, com- it's a completely different audience. The yeah. fact that you can have one genre of music like like drum and bass with like that's got so many subgenres. Where the subgenres are their own umbrellas. Uh, so some people you know? can like one half of of the genre, but completely hate like a yeah, whole exactly. other bunch of tracks. Exactly. Right? And so, like, no wonder people from across any community could look at that and be like, "I would fit in here." Yeah. There's somewhere, there's something for everybody in drum yeah, and bass. Like if they if they hear the right subgenre for them, I'm sure mm-hmm. most people would like. I mean, it. on Andy here, he he streams and gets loads of people locally watching his streams, and you have all the mums that are like, "I don't, <laughs> I don't usually like this sort of music, but I'm really enjoying the this. amount of people." That's almost who word message for me, yeah, like, yeah. message me like, "Oh, my mum overheard your stream and." And she, she said, oh, what's this? Like, yeah, I actually yeah. really like this. I took, um, well, me me, and my family, like my mum and my dad and my sister, we all went to go and see Wilkinson live. Yeah. And, uh, like, like, obviously, Wilkin is, like, Wilkinson is a massive person in the scene. Mm. But then you ask a lot of D&B heads, and they'll be like, oh, that's, that's commercial rubbish. Like, we don't like that. Yeah. But, um, but at the end of the day, that, that's, what, that's what appeals to me. And uh, well, it appeals to a much much wider mm-hmm. audience. Cause Mate, you, you play take take your hire. Literally, everybody's going. Whoop, 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 you, know, whoop, 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 you know what I mean? Like, like they'll happily say they hate it, but they'll still sing along when after. Exactly. Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? So, um, and again, like you go to, um, and, and and I'm I'm loving the fact that this conversation is really like a night, you know, a conversation now, and not so much, you know, um, you know, yeah. an interview about what you do and stuff like that. Although I still want to talk more about that. Um, when you when you go to um, to Eastern Europe, Eastern mm-hmm. Europe has its own vibe, man. They absolutely love drum and bass. I would say that they are on par with how fanatical they are about their drum and bass in the UK, right? And the, these guys over there in like in the Czech Republic, in um, Slovakia. Russia, Bulgaria, you know, all the Eastern Bloc, they absolutely yeah. love it. And, you know, uh, they, they, funnily enough, they're big fans of, of like the Wilkinson type of music. They love a bit of dance floor. They quite like that, that commercial stuff. But they're also, really well, they? yeah, they're, they're super into like all the other different uh, types as well. And uh, I went, I've seen Wilkinson a few times now, because obviously when you go to Let It Roll, everyone who's everyone is there. So it's easy, <laughs> you know, like, like you're literally walking around. It's like, oh, you know, like Andy C's playing. And then he goes to the next tent. And it's like, oh, you know, Brian G. And then, oh, you know, look, there's high contrast. And oh, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, and, 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 and. Um, you know, to the point where you, you kind of spoil, where you just actually want to go into one of the smaller tents and see somebody who you've never heard of before, because, <laughs> you know, there's just too many big names going on. But, um, uh, yeah, like, you know, the, the, the Eastern Europeans, they've got a completely different vibe, um, but it's it's a really good one. And I would say that they... Um, they're not jealous of the of the B and B scene, like the American scene is jealous of the of the UK scene, because they're doing their own thing over there. In the like in yeah. Eastern Europe, they you know they've got their their heads down in in this direction, and that's where they're going. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you know, it, 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 it's really great to see this diversity. Um, of different cultures mixing and amalgamating um, to create something. And, you know, like I say, it's, it's really awesome that uh, drum and bass is able to reinvent itself. And sort of looping back to, to you guys in terms of venues and events and things like that, the beautiful thing about the scene is that you don't need that much to be able to make it work for you, you know, you can find a grotty pub somewhere that will let you put on yeah, a night yeah, yeah. and there are enough D and B heads around that will be able to. All right. Yeah. They'll that, go pretty well. That's almost our target that's audience. Pretty much our target audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like around here, it's difficult. I said before that it's quite difficult to convince any venue to let you run a night. 
not only just because of their opinions, preconceptions about drum and bass, but also because previous it's, it's a risk well. and yeah. previous events might not have gone well. Whereas these days, if you speak to promote, uh, if you speak to like club owners, they'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm not too sure. Like it didn't go too well. But then you find out their last drum and bass event was like seven years ago. Yeah. You'd be like, well, <laughs> let me just take a second and tell you how many. Like, look at the hits on the internet, man. <laughs> like, look how many people in the it's area. It's been a massive resurgence recently. Yeah, it's growing so strongly. Now you can't ask a single university student you know, what they like without them mentioning, oh, I do like a bit of drum and bass and bass line. I mean, yeah, I mean, granted, half the time, what they think is drum and bass is bass line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a story for another day. Isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, no, and, and so we're quite lucky in a way that we're at this grassroots end of it where we don't have to compete with label nights where we live because there aren't any. <laughs> you know, we don't have many big names around here. There are some occasionally. Um, the O2 in Oxford. Yeah, like we've names. got like the O2. We've got like... Um, Road, there's Roadmender in Northampton. Yeah, Roadmender in North, Northampton and Unit 9. Unit in 9. So Unit 9 is one... I, I'm giving a shout-out to a venue that's not even ours, but Unit yeah. 9 in Milton Keynes is an incredible venue. It's like a 400-cap venue, or 450 maybe. Um, but they've recently just upgraded it to have like a proper stage, light box, function one sound system, the whole nine yards. And they're booking people like Chase and Status, Alex Perez. Yeah, they're um, putting on some Randall, big, big names. You there. know, they, they've had a hospitality event, but they've got another one coming up soon. Um, and we had the pleasure of playing there the first day that that opened. Um, the first time they opened, having had the new sound system, I, de- I had a DJ set and Andy here was on the mic for me. <laughs> it was awesome. It was brilliant. Um, it's really cool. But and that, yeah, that, that was actually run by uh, another local brand. Yes, uh, that's uh, Euphoria. Yeah, who's, uh, some of our some of our friends from from the same town as us in Brackley. Um, there, there's actually quite there's a, few a few small brands. Yeah. yeah, there's like four or five yeah. brands. Uh, we'll, we'll give them a little shout out. We've yeah. got we've got like uh, OTD uh, on the decks. They're uh, run by Hardesty over in Buckingham, mm-hmm. and then in more Brackley. Acting bucket and bass, we've got Euphoria drum and bass, and uh, the Wallop Collective. Although they're sort of quite heavily multi-genre. Yeah, well, yeah, Wallop are heavily into all sorts. You know, like was like four by four psytrance yeah, yeah. and drum and bass, isn't it? I think that's their main. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the main three they do, isn't it? But yeah, we're we're quite lucky in that. That, that like I say, there is a big passion for it around mm-hmm. here, and there's no like negative competition between us as well, which is another thing about drum and bass. Where if we have an event on, we did one. We were gonna do one with OTD before you know lockdown occurred that we'd cancelled and there's not a negative like oh well we can't let them hear what we're doing or get involved yeah, it's like everyone's yeah, the get music involved. Yeah, yeah because and it, it it's beneficial if we all work together in this sort of small areas we're all quite often a lot of the promo ends up running off our own personal facebook's do you know what i mean running at this level in small areas um you might actually get more of a reach to who you're really looking to hit it's quite often a large part of your target audience doesn't follow drummer bass yeah. on the internet. They're not involved in the social media. They just really like it. They just want to go to a local they night. Want, yeah, they want to go out and go out on the town. If there's music there, that's what they're going to. So by targeting as a brand, as in the lab, we're drum and bass centric advertising. We're trying to reach anybody who likes drum and bass, you know. But quite often you'll find that the people that we're hitting as in the lab are not local. You know, they'll be from all over the place. They'll be from Bristol, London, you know, all sorts of countries around the world. Due, due to our, mainly due to like our guest mixes and, yeah. and stuff like that. Which we're definitely going to have to plug, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, see, I've seen a few of those on the, on the, on the Instagram. So talk to me about the, uh, um, yeah. you know, the, 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 the live streams and things that you've been doing. We run what was originally one series, which is split into two now. Um, called In The Lab Presents. And essentially, if you boil it down, it's guest mixes around the 30-minute mark from various, various drum and bass acts and others. I think. So, so yeah, I think it's primarily drum and bass so far, but de- definitely... We're not opposed to, to having others yeah, involved. So, so the um, two at the moment, there's In The Lab uh, Presents, which is uh, more focused on the more established artists, mm. uh, primarily ones that have um, produced music, have releases, yeah. you know, na- names you might have heard of, and... Uh, in collaboration with like other labels like differential and mm-hmm. uh, and so on and then we've also got uh in the lab introduces which is a new series we just started uh 
for the more sort of like up and coming DJs, new producers, friends of us as well, friends yeah. of in the lab, resident DJs, you know, yeah, all that. people like that, yeah, that aren't um, as established, yeah, aren't so. quite in the spotlight, but yeah. we want to put the spotlight, oh, yeah, on. we yeah, we want to have a section where it's like these are people you might not have heard of, yeah, you know, check them out rather than hence the introducers, yeah, like, yeah. Pe- people that we want to introduce to to our audience, exactly, know? exactly. And we hope that if someone wants to binge for that playlist, they'd have just as much fun listening to it as they would the Presents playlist. Yeah, you might not know the DJ, but you might still like the music. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I, li- I listened to, um, um, to, the, to the playlist when you, uh, when you sent it uh, over to me, and uh, I was really enjoying it, loving all the stuff that was on that playlist. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's a lot of liquid, but uh, we, we also had like some of the Young Guns crew, which is like the sort of more Belgian jump up. Like we had, yeah. uh, we had Amplify and Master Error, um, and like sort of like the jump up scene. Yeah, Fuelized. Yeah, Fuelized as well. Who's actually from Belgium yeah. as well? Like <laughs> authentic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and and then obviously we've got a rather large focus on liquid, mm. uh, just due to who we're in contact with. Yeah, a lot of our friends are in uh, that scene. Yeah, um, we've got quite a lot of mixes from Differential now. Yeah, actually, Differential recordings. Big shout out to yeah, them. Big shout out to them. Yeah. Um, big friends of us, to be honest. Big label. Yeah, I've spent so much money on their music. He <laughs> <laughs> reps the Differential hat. <laughs> yeah, rocking the hat. I've thrown so much money at their bank account. No <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's an awesome label that we'll we'll happily push because uh, you know they're they're. All, I, I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone on on or involved with differential that isn't one of the soundest people you've ever met. Yeah, that's true. And uh, it's constant good music coming Constant out of them. yeah, constantly. Yeah. Especially um Silly. He's yeah. released he's a lot recently. Yeah, he's popping um, off. I met him in Switzerland the year before, I think. And I suppose this is just segued a bit, but there's a massive minimal scene in Switzerland. Like I guess where I was was um North Switzerland in Basel. Um yeah. There's a venue called Som- Soma Casino, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and QZB, I think their studio is actually underneath the venue, which is quite <laughs> cool. Um, or a studio they work at sometimes. But um, yeah, like the whole sort of Central European, Germany, Switzerland, South of France area, the amount of minimal and sort of more techie stuff is just incredible. Like you've got like Silly, who I guess is a push calling him techie and minimal because he does a bit bit broader stuff but there's like submarine from germany i there's, know submarine uh, yeah i've heard submarine um there's monty i mean the whole 1985 crew are quite european yeah i say that a lot a lot of people involved with them from all over the place you know um like monty and visages i don't really know how you pronounce their name as i'm not french unfortunately um <laughs> but like submarine as well um yeah, I mean, there's music everywhere. That's the thing about drum and bass is like, like you brought up before about it being a cultural thing. I mean, it really is like because these young artists. I'm not saying that any of the people I just mentioned are young, but young artists are looking to say, okay, well, I like this music. I want to make this music, but they put a piece of themselves in it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so, whatever their background is, is going to be influenced in their music. Definitely. Oh, squeak. But. And so it's hard for like it's hard for anybody to be making music without bringing a part of what they're already into along to it. And so you're getting pockets all over the world where people are making completely different drum and bass because their tastes are completely different. And that's such a good thing because then once it all you know the pot's boiling, if you will, of all the scenes across the world growing and making music and experimenting and collaborating, and it's like a melting boiling pot of different music. And by the end of it, when it settles out, you end up getting your own little genres. You get minimal in one section. You get like the what you call dance floor, like that mm. high energy power liquid. <laughs> I say power liquid tongue in cheek, but you know. And then you've got neuro, and these genres settle out. But then people bridge the gap, like Emperor bridging neuro and minimal. Yeah. You know, you've got like Noisier, which bridge the whole the whole lot. They can make electronic anything. music. Yeah, just electronic. <laughs> have to call it EDM because there's no other way of describing it. It's just so specifically everything. Speaking of, shouts to Cohen Sound. Big shouts Absolute to Cohen heroes. Sound. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the stuff that they make, whatever they touch is gold dust. I don't know if you've listened to much Cohen Sound yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
yeah, we're absolute heroes. We're massive fans, actually, um, Kern Sound. Um, yeah, seen them a couple times, but they're they're yeah. like they've dabbled in drum and bass. Like they've got was it was it strike? They've got hydroplane strikes half time. I think they've got hydroplane. A view from above, which is like a liquid one. Yeah, they've they've, they've, they've got quite a few drum and bass. They've tunes. transcended into drum and bass a few times, but yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. The, I, I've only really heard uh, Cohen sound from the drum and bass perspective. Um, yeah, but you know, everything that they're putting out, drum and bass wise, is is, yeah. is really good. They're they're a great example of what I just said about a melting pot. How none of their music is anything specific. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't imagine that the two guys from Cohen Sound ever sat down and thought, let's make drum and bass. I think it they ended just up make, as drum and bass, yeah, like yeah. Cohen Sound make stuff. They make music. And whatever it is, it is, you know, it's very difficult to label what they make. Yeah, like, so it's, it's all different I guess it's BPMs. Glitch, I guess it's like, glitch hop. Yeah. Some of it. Some of it. <laughs> some of it you know, and that's a great example. Of, yeah. Of music <laughs> being a part of what you are and whatever comes of it is what happens. Whatever, you know, you put down on the put down on the computer. That's <laughs> what comes out. Yeah, no, I I absolutely um, agree, and, and like this is something that's um I don't know if you know um uh the website Producer Tech. Uh, you know what? I don't think I've heard of that. Um, okay, so there's a so there's a, a website called uh, ProducerTech.com, and basically mm. it's a website where people can sign up for a membership where they can learn how to do, you know, how to, how to create all kinds of music. And it's mostly bass based music. Um, yeah. so, um, Rob Jones, uh, he, he was on the show a little while ago. Um, really, really nice guy. Um, really, really awesome at music and, you know, all these sorts of things. Um, and you know, he's had people like, um, color on there. He's had Rezo, um, Sepa, um, you know, loads and loads of big name artists. And um, we were talking about the fact that the drum and bass is, is almost due a new major subgenre. And it seems to be sort of working on one itself at the moment through stuff like halftime and, yeah. you know, bits and pieces like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't seem to be fully formed yet. But it, you know it, it's almost there. And again, there's um, a, an artist that I had on the show a little while ago. Um, and Anna, when you're when you're listening to this, if I still haven't managed to get the the edits that you wanted done and uploaded onto that, then I apologise massively. Um, I've just been incredibly busy. <laughs> but so uh, you may have heard of her, an artist called A Fruit, who did release a lot. Uh, a few bits and pieces on Um So she was on the show a little while ago and, um, you know, she was saying that she's sort of fallen out of love uh, with drum and bass, um, but still really likes that sort of like minimal uh, side of things uh, there as well. And if you listen to some of the stuff that she produces, you can still see that it's heavily drum and bass influence, but it's not yeah. actually drum and bass. And I think that there's like that backwards compatibility with it as well. Like, you know, yeah. it's not like you go into drum and bass and then there's no bleed out of it. Stuff bleeds out of drum and bass into other music to create different types of, of bass music in itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like and things aren't just growing towards from bass. It's the whole ecosystem of people making all sorts of weird and wonky music. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, especially with all the dubstep stuff that's coming out. Like the more industrial dubstep. Yeah. I mean, I, the only label that I actually know of releasing that sort of thing is 1985. But I'm sure that there'll be listeners thinking of of labels they know. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I've not really been into into dubstep since Skrillex. You know, I think, <laughs> I think we can all agree that the, the, the cutoff point for, for when most people stopped listening to that was, was definitely Skrillex. Um, yes. And then around like, that sort of period, yeah, it was sort yeah. of like the end of like that's that particular. I think I era. kept listening. Weirdly enough, I, I listened to all sorts of bass music up until around 2017, at which point no, sorry, 2016, at which point I started really categorizing it in my head. Mm. I hadn't 
I, I would say these days I'm quite musical and quite um, like ha I'd say I have quite a good understanding of music and how it works and I've made some tunes and stuff and all that other malarkey but I'd only started in the last couple of years yeah. and before then I would just have called it music if you'd asked me specifically if it was drum and bass or dubstep I could have told you but I never really even considered the fact that they were different there, there's so much um, music which is bass music to me there's so much music i listen to now but now i listen to it i'm like oh wait that's that genre yeah yeah, yeah like exactly. before it never would have crossed my yeah, mind like, too right i'll like stumble across an old spotify playlist and it'll be like weird wonky glitch hop pushed up against like funky old monster catch yeah, like, pushed oh, up with I drum forgot and bass i used to listen to this track this is drum yeah. and bass like what? yeah yeah like, and you think oh wow i didn't even realize that at the time <laughs> just because you enjoyed it as music right. For better or worse. Yeah. yeah. For better or worse. There's you, something to be um, said uh, forgetting about. You must Ali. know you must know the artist Benga, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever listen to um uh, to his I think it was his first album, Diary of a Digital Soundboy? I don't think so, mate. I don't think so. So um I mean I remember listening to this album when it came out years ago. Like, I mean I was I was still in uni, I think, so maybe like 2008, something like that, maybe 2007, mm -hmm. not sure. Um, and uh, I remember reading articles, and at the time I was like, this is dubstep, because that's kind of what dubstep was like at that time. And I remember reading yeah. an article about Benga, and he was like, he got really upset by people calling his music dubstep. He was like, this is not dubstep. <laughs> in any way shape or form and everyone was like shut up man of course it's dubstep and now if you go back and listen to it you're like oh wait yeah no it's not it's something completely <laughs> different like it's absolutely not dubstep in any way shape or form um so yeah it's always cool to be able to, to go back and listen to old tunes and be like oh yeah no i kind of get what they're going for uh, going for here you know yeah like different perspective on it so okay, but um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about you guys and the events and things like that you put on. I know obviously you're, you're um, typically drum and bass, but you've mm -hmm. had other, you know, other nights and, um, and things like that you've done as well. And how do you how do you get those amalgamated I mean, when you're when you're typically running drum and bass nights? And again, mm -hmm. you know, this is where the snobbery comes from, from the bass heads, right? It's just that they <laughs> we go, oh, no, we don't want to listen to any house or anything like that. Do you yeah, do you do events where you mix those, and how how is that well you know how is that received by by the people that go to it? So um, well, we haven't had the chance unfortunately to put on a proper multi-genre event as the two that we had in mind. The first mm -hmm. one our venue closed down, and the second one, um, well, COVID happened. <laughs> um, but I think the best way that we would do it is find a venue that's a little more or sorry an area that's a little more accepting for it more of a scene for it mm. so in the next town across from us there's a venue that often does quite they play um like old school house music and hip-hop breaks if that makes sense it's quite yeah. a i guess the word cool the place is it's like quite dark quite industrial sort of vibe and we had eyes on doing an event there um before all this had happened and so we're trying to trying to keep the door open you know what i mean it's quite difficult as yeah. you know with with recent times um but as far as like getting these nights to run as a process the number one thing is getting somewhere that will let us do it as we're not a, a label or an established promoter um all we have to go off is our social media and videos and our connections so andy here is the social media whiz if you were to go on his facebook you'd probably have 50 50 mutual friends of him. Yeah. It's always the one that's like, oh, so how do you know this list of 50 people <laughs> that I also know? Um, so quite often it's a case of getting in with these with the club club manager and saying, this is who we are, this is what we do. Please don't turn off the phone call. You know, please don't hang up immediately <laughs> when you hear what we say. Um, and then we start to look at who we'd build on the event. Um, and I guess we're trying to be a bit more yeah, tactical. Yeah, like word, for, for the most part, it's uh, a mix between, uh, if, we, if it's just a, an event we're doing, not a collaboration event, mm. then it would be a mix between some local acts, some local DJs, uh, just so 
one, we're, we're supporting the local scene, mm. but uh, also, obviously, then they're bringing in their friends uh, to... Yeah. We, we might not have the, the best roots there. And then also giving our residents and our, and our friends the chance to play as well. It's quite often Andy and I play... Well, it depends where on the lineup because of who we have playing. Yeah. But we usually play... We've got a couple of our friends, like our residents, who play in there from Brackley. Mm. Um, but then going forward we're trying to some of them we're not looking at booking ourselves putting ourselves on the bill because mm. it wouldn't fit the night and yeah. i guess that's like a transitional thing for in the lab uh, as yeah. promoters and event runners you know is going from originally it was like there's no there's no drum or bass around here so we'll do it ourselves. yeah you know there's no there's no nights there's no one doing it the only place you've got is like the oxford o2 for a good night yeah and are we going to run a night at the Oxford O2? Yeah, we, we haven't we haven't got the audience or the money. Exactly. I'm sure if we had you know deep pockets, we could probably do it. But we don't. You know, we're just we're just blokes. You know. Yeah. It's start, start off as a hobby. I mean, yeah, it still like, is. We have a passion for music, and that's why we do it. It wasn't a case of well, we've got money to throw at it. Let's just do something. It was like there's no events around here, and we like to listen to drum and bass and have fun. So why don't we just do it ourselves? It was kind of like a really weird light bulb moment where we were like, why don't we just do a night yeah. you know and it went really well actually it went that was um we did like two really unprofessional nights at the red line at this venue and um where it was like a really low table i've yeah, so, my back really so, badly you know painfully leaning over to dj that, that was when we did our first uh our first charity event for for mine yeah and we were lucky enough to have droidica come yeah. down we had the man who made Tell him we said that that's what he's all about. Yeah, no, he'd be he'd be annoyed. Sorry, Ellis. No, but yeah, no, he, he he's actually a, such a genuinely nice guy. Like, uh, it, yeah. it was a proper random one. We were like, right, well, let's do this charity night. You know, we'll, we'll, in we'll, support of Mind UK. Yeah, like, like, that our, was who it was for. Our mates will come down. It'd be funny. And I sort of just messaged Droidica on on it on well, his like, page. Why not? Yeah, and I was just like. Don't suppose you want to come down and do this charity event? He was like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> <laughs> I drove a long way <laughs> to go and get him. Drove him back, but it, um, it was crazy because the turnout was absolutely insane. It was like, unreal. I, I probably couldn't name like more than a handful of people that from our town that that weren't there. Yeah, there was. Everyone um, was like, "Wait, Droidic is going to the Red Lion." In yeah, Brackley, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody, every because in our age group. We're, we're, you know, 20 to 22, 24 sort of age group. Get Hyper at the time was massive. On yeah, YouTube. that's like a, part, we were, a big part of everyone's childhood. Yeah, it's like everybody we know has heard of it. So it was like <laughs> everything fell into place really for that event. Yeah. And we raised, what was it, 800 I think it was pounds? 800 pounds we managed to raise for mine. And that was, uh, I think it, it was like a bit under that. And then uh, it actually included a donation from uh, the Red Line themselves from the bar. Yeah, they, they actually donated some more towards the charity. But we'd seen, yeah, I, I had never, ever seen so many people out in one place in Brackley before. And a couple of the older lot had said, I say older lot, a couple of the um, like older people in Brackley also said that they'd never seen it quite quite that busy. Yeah, because uh, there was just like regular to the Red Lion that just go there to drink. And, yeah, and that and was see really cool. Seeing like old people dancing yeah, to like, the Euro, you know. Say was, old, but there, there, there yeah, was yeah, genuinely yeah. like like 50, 60, like, you know. Get, people that you wouldn't usually see skanking out to drum and bass. Yeah. And, and they were having a great time. Yeah, and they were like, oh, wow. I, I was chatting to one guy. He was saying how he hadn't listened to drum and bass like that since the rave scene. Yeah. Since when he was younger, you know, getting involved in like the original movement. You know, and here we were, like, now the new flag bearers, I guess, for the movement, <laughs> doing what we do. But unfortunately, um, for reasons out of anyone's control, the line shut down. And so it's a shame, because there's nowhere really in Brackley that yeah, would be Bra good. Brackley for, is... Uh, is a market town. Yeah. A little market town. There, there, there is other places where it would be possible, but the venue, zone, venue owners don't make it They're not possible. too keen. Yeah, yeah, they're not too keen. Um, um, maybe in a few years that'll change. Like you said, it's, it's snowboarding drummer bases. So who knows what might happen? Well, at the moment it's an, up, it, it, it's an uphill battle. We're, we're quite lucky in that Brackley just had a, a new radio station, uh, on online radio station called uh, Brackley Radio, and uh, Brackley Community Radio. And there's actually uh, a couple drummer bass shows on there. Uh, the 
pretty much all of the founders of the Bradley Community Radio uh, all like it. Like they're, they're older people, but they're they're all interested it's in good music. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, yeah. and there's a there's a couple youngsters on there. I think there's some people that are just in their early teens. They've they've come along to do their little hour uh, mm. every week, I think. And they they've been playing drum and bass. Uh, so I think due, due to like a lot of the community knowing about that and maybe experiencing a little bit more about drum and bass and how there's all different age groups that are enjoying it. Potentially, there might be a there might be a chance to do more drum and bass yeah. in Brackley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's all about like as people grow and as the name gets out more, people hear it more and right. don't think of it as like that rave music. Yeah, yeah. And more like it's just, music you can go along to. Yeah, like any other night. Yeah, yeah. And possibly as well. I mean, you know, out of every band situation, there are opportunities and. You know, you look yeah. at all these venue owners and things like that who have been shut down for months and haven't had anything like that. You know that if you put a rave on, you're going to get people to it. So <laughs> that, 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 that's pretty much our tagline at the moment of yeah. trying to find a venue for after lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, come on, you know that there's going to be a hell of a lot of people yeah. that go to that night. <laughs> yeah. You're the one that's on the drum and bass night in the area. Yeah. When all this is over. There's going to be heads in there. Especially because it's like an uphill battle getting a drum and bass event on. Oh, You'd be the only one around doing it. It's all, going to absolutely All I fill. see is people saying, I can't wait for the next drum and yeah. bass. And that's that's why people are going for these raves, these illegal raves. Yeah. Because, mm. you know, they don't really have the patience for it. I'm not really <laughs> going to comment on my opinion on the raves. I'm not a big fan of underground raves. You know, I don't, I'm not opposed to them. It's just not for us. Not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, like, it's... I, I wouldn't mind going, uh, obviously not at the moment. I wouldn't mind going to them, but uh, unless it's my event, I'm, I'm normally done by by, yeah. by like 11 o'clock. I'm not going to be there skanking till 11 a.m. Yeah, the next yeah, day. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, I was I played at one and it was scuffed and terrible. And then I was like, not built, but like, I was asked to play at another and it got shut down before I even showed up. So yeah, I just thought, and the only okay. one I was meant to play, I, I got there and there wasn't any decks. So. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that that's been my experience. What but, do you mean you got a phone with Spotify? <laughs> but granted, they they that wasn't so much a, a, a free party. That was more someone trying to throw a, a squat in an abandoned building sort of thing. So yeah. that, that's where it's a bit dodgy. That's that's not the free party scene. That's yeah, exactly. That's that is like the illegal scene. rave scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't put in the same category yeah, to be honest. Right. There are some really really big underground like sound system oh, so, some of the some of the sound systems and, and the free party crews out there like they have like a strict policy of like like they have they have actual security yeah some of the security they, are tighter than I've they have volunteers seen. picking up like the litter and that so yeah. that's why i'll never bash the scene because yeah, you can't group everyone together i mean that's always part of it exactly yeah there's um, always going to be some people out there that are you know they're, they're making it difficult for everyone else you know, yeah, always. There's always bad eggs. Always, yeah. No matter what it is, you're gonna have people. And there. you know, forever. I mean, like I, I grew up in the southwest, right? Obviously, you know, Bristol drum and bass is, you know, a huge thing. And yeah, in, you know, in the countryside over there, you know, drum and bass is massive. Everyone listens to it, you know. And obviously, it being the countryside, there's a lot of woods. There's a lot of quarries yeah. there's a lot of you know space for you to go and do this and obviously you're not really disturbing anybody and you know you were able to get away with it um you know so the free party scene down there was always uh was always pretty good um and it was always in the right sort of uh mm. right frame of mind you know it was always like done with the with the right aspect of things um, but they were never really that big. Do you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't be, yeah. you know, the you know five six thousand people turning up like they did in Manchester or the two thousand yeah. people. There's only festivals almost now. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy actually when you think of it. You know, and it, and unfortunately, that then reflects badly on on the people that are like yourselves that are trying to. You know, to, to make it more legitimate, to, to, you know, say... Yeah, our thing right from the get-go is, like, we want to be a legitimate... We want to run proper club nights, you know? We want yeah. we don't want to be a bunch of dudes with some speakers and we play tunes. We want to be booking names. We want to be, you know, having a proper build lineup, having proper sound systems, like, proper, um, 
like good events. You know what I mean? Not not and, just and it's not scuffed in a field. It's not know? instant. Like there's, it's yeah. definitely going to be a journey to get there. Yeah. Um, but we do what we can. We try and be as professional as possible. But at our level, it's difficult sometimes. You know, like we don't have massive budgets, so mm. we we use each other's decks. Like there's a bunch of people in Brackley and the local area that have DJ equipment. And quite often it's on loan from our friends. Yeah. You know, we don't have the money to be booking, paying for equipment every time we run an event. But that's, that's another thing is like all those people, they want to see those nights. So they're supportive in the same way. Yeah, exactly. Right? The more yeah, exactly. nights at the time. Uh, big shouts to Alan. <laughs> yeah, big shouts to Alan. <laughs> I've probably had this man's decks longer than he's even owned them himself. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. They're actually sat in my living room right now. <laughs> but, but then, like, at the same time, he, he's on our promotion team. So, mm-hmm. like, pe- people just want to see the music. In the yeah, area. and we're very lucky to have such a, a strong support where we are. Yeah. Um, like all of all of the people who might not necessarily be that keen into the music mm. might not be like massive supporters but they're big supporters of us yeah yeah of what we do and we, we literally can't say thank you enough to uh, people pe- like that people buying like our hoodies and yeah. that which pretty much funds what we do exactly like. we um we started an online shop as of when did they go live it was last week wasn't it i think it went live last week we have an online shop on etsy yeah. It's just in the lab events UK, isn't it? I think so. Is it yeah. just in the lab events? You'd find it if you search in the lab events. Um, on all of our social media, there'll be a link to it as well. Um, but trying to make raise funds to book these nights, um, we started selling merchandise. We're very lucky to have a really cool logo mm. designed by a really good friend of ours called Connor. Mm. Um, he's done a huge amount for in the lab. He's oh, making he's... us a custom booth. We probably lights. need to give him a little segment here. We like, yeah. Like, big he... shouts to Connor. Big shouts to Connor. Um, uh, he he's making us like light boxes with our logos. Yeah, he's uh, built us a massive like desk rig. Like stickers. He's building himself a set. Well, he's he's um, he's creating his own a, sound system. He's got his, yeah. He's built his own sound system that we can use. And like half the time, he just turns around to us. And he's just like, oh, guys, yeah, he's I made like, this. Look at this, what I made. And we're like, Jesus, like, man. That so <laughs> That's like, awesome. But yeah, like, so, so we've got some very supportive friends, and it um, helps a lot. Yeah, and we're lucky. What I was saying about the merchandise is that we're lucky that our logo looks so good in print. Yeah. Um, all of our merchandise that we sell, it's all embroidered. All of the you know, hats, hoodies, what have you. Um, it's, all, it's all embroidered. And so we've been selling... We sold more hoodies than anything else. We did like a run, didn't we, of, of yeah. hoodies. And so many people in the local area reached out and wanted some. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. At the end um, of the day, it all goes back into the nights. Like, yeah. Our whole we're, budget. We're not, we're not for profit. Like, neither of us have ever taken a penny home. We've, mm. we've spent money, do you know what I mean, yeah. on, on in the lab. Our entire budget is just from either any profit we've had from events or merchandise. Yeah. And it all just goes back into it. Yeah. We've got like the money that is made from in the lab goes towards in the lab. You know, we don't. Our, our first night we ever put on, we put on uh, the venue that let us do it for free. Mm-hmm. We bought the decks were our friends. Yeah. Speakers, speakers were borrowed. Well, yeah, they're, speakers, they're your dad's, weren't they? I think the speakers were my dad's. Yeah. And that, the profit from that night is what's pretty much. We've been still running off that money. Yeah. It's <laughs> just been like recycled, if you will. Like, yeah, we've, like we, we've, we've taken this money, put it into like an investment. It's returned. With yeah. a little bit more, hopefully. Yeah, like, so, sometimes in. you win some, you lose yeah, some. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like, it's pretty much, uh, yeah, our entire budget. But that's what growing something like this from the grass, isn't it? That's mm. what it's like. It's, yeah, that, that's what happens, fun. yeah. And it's all fun to be it, it, give, it gives you a goal, like... It, and it's those little victories, mate. Yeah, like, yeah. when people come back and they're keen, it's like, we've done it, you know, it's going well. Mm. You know, rather than, I feel like, like, people, like, let's just give some names, like Hospital, Shogun... I feel like they're kind of steamrollers. If they want to do something, yeah. people bend over backwards to do it because it's possible. You know, it's Shogun. It's like, wow, they want to work with us. Let's do it. Whereas we're sort of pushing the other way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I 100% uh, yeah. agree, you know, and, and, and that's what I mean. Like, these big labels, uh, Hospital, Ram, Shogun, you know, all of mm. these labels they are able to, you know, steamroller, like you say, at you yeah. know, a lot of venues and things like that. And, you know, the amount of times that uh, the hospital alone is in print works or the tobacco docks yeah. or, you know, all of these sorts of places. Um, 
and it, and they're so nice. Yeah, they're awesome nights too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they they're all really, really awesome nights, and you, you can't knock them for doing it. I mean, like that's obviously where yeah. where you want to go. They all started. But yeah, that you know, they all started from from very little, um, and again, like you'd be surprised at like uh, you know, for want of a better better terminology, how you know unprofessional. Uh, a lot of these labels actually are, and I don't mean that unprofessional as in they're badly run or, or anything like that, but, you know, yeah. when it gets down to it, a lot of them are just literally running off the brand that they have, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you if you go back 20 years ago, when Marcus Intellects was, was around, um, mm -hmm. Solar put a night on, you had loads of people turn up to it, but Solar was basically just Marcus Intellects, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's a big team. Yeah, you know. So a, a lot of these things that they, you know, they all they all really found uh, the same sort of challenges. And the, again, this is the mm. sort of thing that you know I want to get across to a lot of people in this community is is that you know a lot of drum and bass is still underground. You know, you want to reach out to Tony Coleman. You can chat to him on Instagram. He'll answer you. I've spoken to him loads of times on Instagram. You know, um, you want to reach out to any of these art other artists? They're there. You can reach out to them. Like you can chat to them. It comes back to that. Like the reason we had Droidiker at the Red Line is because I was like, "Hey, do you want to come and do this?" And he was, he was like, like, "All right, yeah. go for it." Uh, it's a good yeah. cause. I'll come. I lot. Yeah. I mean, we've um, we're really good friends with Tolomic. He played one of our nights. He played one of our. Was that the first night as in the lab? That, that was uh, that was the second minor base, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, we reached out to Tolomic. I chatted to him briefly on Instagram before, and we thought, well, let's just ask him. Well, I, act I actually knew him through uh, his previous alias doing sort of like Future Garage, because like that, that, that's primarily what I listen to. Yeah. I mixed with the bass, but uh, I'm... Personal I, listening. Yeah, personal listening to like Sorrow and... and uh, Elliot Berger, yeah, um, Bucky, yeah. Well, all the sort of future garage, just sort of like 130 to 140, sort of more ambient garagey stuff. But we like, yeah, we reached out to Tolomic and he was like, okay, I'll play. Yeah. Pay for the travel. Yeah. Get me a place to stay. Easy. And now here we are, what's that, a year on? We're really close personal friends of him. Like, yeah, Solid really guy. Yeah, great guy. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, like you said, these people are there. You just they're not. They're, just they're, they're just like you. They've just spent a lot of time in their bedroom making music. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think that's a quote from John Galaxy. Anyway, but yeah, like <laughs> these people are just dudes, all women, as it may be, or neither. <laughs> and if you reach out to them, either they'll get back to you or they won't. But they're not going to be nasty to you. Yeah. They're not going to. Nobody's going to say, "Oh, the, the worst I've know, had is being left on scene." Yeah. And, yeah, and like I can deal with that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's not the end of the world. And half the time, you'll find out that the people that you look up to and sort of idolise, put on a pedestal, they're just like yourself. You know, they're happy for a chat. They'll talk about things. Like one of my all-time favourite artists is Next Guy. Yeah. And um, where I went to Belgium uh, when Rampage was supposed to be on, I actually still went to Belgium. Uh, <laughs> ended up, ended up uh, everything being closed on the third night. Of course. Um, on the second night, even. But uh, yeah, uh, on on my flight to Belgium, I was in the airport, and uh, I, when we were checking my passport, I looked to my left. I was like, I swear that's next guy. <laughs> but the sort of, I, I wasn't sure. So the moment sort of passed, and then I met a couple of geezers in the in the airport, and I was like, oh, I swear I just saw next guy. And one of them was like, is that him over there? <laughs> and and he went and checked, and next guy was just like sat next to us. And he ended up being on my flight to Belgium, yeah. and he. He was so approachable. He was like, oh, yes, guys, nice to meet you. Like, that was actually the day that his tune, uh, Memory Lane, turned 10 years old. Oh, right. So, I, And so, like, that that was awesome. Like, I literally posted on my Facebook, oh, next guy, Memory Lane, turned 10 years old today. And then <laughs> you run into tw it. 20 minutes later, I met him in the airport, <laughs> and he was so down to earth and such a nice guy. But then you look at, like, his career, because obviously he transitioned into the mainstream. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like, he... So many people know who he is, like from yeah, like the, the yeah. sort of like pop crossover. But like Rio, Rio. When, when it comes down him. to it, like he's just a guy. Like he was well up for having a chat, and you now obviously he's come back to the drum and bass now, which is awesome. Which is cool. 
But yeah, like ev- everyone's just everyone's just there for the love of the music. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, you speak to someone, like chances are they're just any other person. Like. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, um, we have come to the end of our allotted time uh, for today's session. But I would like to say a massive, massive thank you for taking the time to speak to me today about in the lab events, about what you guys are doing, and you know the the, the scene from your perspective. Like I say, it's always super, super. Thanks for having us. Like I say, guys, it's been a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Um, I love to speak to people like yourself. Like I said before, you guys are the future of the scene. You guys are the guys that are going to be, you know, in five, ten years time looking back on this. And, you know, we're all going to be trying to get tickets to an In The Lab event with the biggest names. Uh, you know, like really, hope. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely sure of it. You know, if you've got enough dedication, um, then... You know, all of these things are happening. If you're doing it for the right reasons, then then people will see that and they want to get involved with it. You know, um, I'm constantly looking, um, you know, through Instagram and stuff like that to talk to people who I think, um, you know, would be interesting to talk to and to learn more about them and see what they're doing in terms of, um, you know, the, the way they're, they're shaping the scene. And, you know, that's what you guys are doing. You're shaping the scene well, in your area and you're shaping the scene for for um, people coming up, listening to drum and bass who have only just started, you know? So like well, I say, well, massive respect um, to you guys. I would say you're doing an important job as well, uh, sort of reaching out to the, the mm. smaller brands and giving promoters. Us a platform. Yeah, like giving a platform to people. That's, that's an important part of it as well. So it's, it's been really nice chatting. We've really enjoyed it. Um, thank you yeah, for thank having you. us on. Um, yeah, you can find all of our social media. It's all just in the lab events or in the lab events UK. Like all of it, you can find it anywhere. Just type it in; it'll, it'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope to start another event <laughs> when lockdown's over, but yeah. who knows? But yeah, thank, thanks so much for having us involved. No so, problem at all, guys. Like I say, I really, really enjoyed having you here. We really hope you enjoyed this show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Amen Breaks UK. And don't forget to follow Diligent Fingers on Instagram at Diligent Fingers. Please, guys, if you've got anything you want to share with us, anything that you'd like us to cover, send it in to contact at amenbreaks.co.uk. The drop.